Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now for Why It Matters. We're putting the spotlight on REITs this month because from ground zero in 2002, the S REIT market has grown to become one of the biggest in the world of the pioneers and front-runner countries such as the US, UK and Australia. Now, REITs, of course, are one of the most popular investment tools for Singaporeans. And as we mark this milestone, it's really a great opportunity for us to explore what makes a good REIT investment? And you know, how can you identify some of these red flags as well as good corporate governance? Well, I've got someone to help me out this morning. Chong Lee Min, Advocacy Committee member, CFA Society Singapore, is on the line with me. Lee Min, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Elliot. Uh, Lee Min, I read an article that you wrote for the Business Times. I love it. It talks about, of course, the topic that we're going to touch on today, corporate governance when it comes to the REITs sector. But you start off the article by saying a friend of yours in the early days said that REITs are a dumping ground for underperforming real estate assets. Uh, It's quite a funny (laughs) opener. Tell me more. Give us some context to this. Yeah, so I think we marked our 20th anniversary this month. I think REITs has came a long way. Mm. It started out quite strong when they launched their first REIT Capital Mall Trust, where they launched with just three retail assets. I think over the years, REITs has generally been bullish. It gives investors assets, access to prime properties with a diversified portfolio. And recently, we are seeing a whole wave of merger in the last five years. But what may potentially derail this growth is the, some bad eggs in the industry, which is what we brought up in our article. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So some bad eggs like Eagle Hospitality Trust, which may potentially undermine the confidence of investors in REITs. Yeah, it's actually one of the major issues, uh, major negative episodes where the REIT market is concerned. Okay, we'll dive a little bit more detail into that in just a second, Lee Min. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just broadly looking ahead, because we've come to look at the S REIT sector as safe, you know, the mm-hmm. go-to area to invest in that sense. What do you think is going to continue to spur growth? I know that as long as there are no allegations of elevated valuations, that's mm. one of the areas that should keep us in an okay track, right? Yeah. So I think REITs are normally perceived as quite stable, providing attractive returns. A lot of them focus on dividend yield. And that's quite understandable. I mean, even myself, I look at the dividend yield because it gives me near-term passive income. Mm. But beyond that, we want to see whether the dividend is sustainable. So there are two aspects which we look at. The first is the rental support and the second is the good corporate governance, which we normally can start out from the fees that's being paid by managers. So if I can elaborate on the rental support, it's actually the minimum rent that the REIT is expected to receive. So if the actual rent falls below the minimum rent, then the sponsor will normally come in to top up any shortfall. So there's no regulations as to how much rental support can be given. But there are some disclosures, especially in the annual report, where the REIT is supposed to disclose how much the DPU, the distribution per unit, will be if there's rental support versus if the rental support ends. So this is one of the areas I will see to see whether this rental support, is it artificially supported by the rental 
support by the sponsor or it is actually the rental that is being derived. Mm, okay, mm. of course. And as a summary, investors tend to naturally look at those dividend yields, you know, overlooking areas like corporate governance. What mm. about other additional disclosures? Or perhaps you could touch on the valuation process of real estate under master leases. Sure. So normally we have it as a sponsor. Mm. He will actually sub- rent a number of units and then he will sublease this unit. So this is quite common in like hospitality industry. But what we are concerned with is Beyond the master lease, whether this master lease can be supported by the actual rental and what happens when such a master lease ends, does it mean that you know, it's just empty in that sense and okay. there's no more you know, rental from the master lease anymore? Ah, okay, okay. Right. Wow, it's, it's quite a bit of work still to do. I mean, yeah. you're not only looking at these disclosures, but you also got to determine if the interest is being looked after, right? One of the other points you brought up in your article is uh, the alignment of interest between shareholders and managers. I mean, what are some of the challenges that are involved here? So I think when we want to see whether the interests of the unit holders are looked at, it's quite difficult to tell why the managers are performing certain things that they are doing. But what we can do is that we can start this out from the fees that's being paid to the manager. So there are three main fees that's being paid. The first is the base fee, performance management fee, as well as the acquisition and divestment fee. So I think in light of the whole wave of mergers that's going on, maybe I can elaborate on the acquisition and divestment fee. Go for it. It's normally a percentage of the acquisition or divestment price and it is there to encourage capital recycling. Mm. But what we think is that it shouldn't form the bulk of the fees earned because we want the acquisition or the divestment to be something that's favourable and in the interest of unit holders. Mm. So to give a couple of good examples that came up in the past few years, I think we have quite a number of mergers And how do we know whether these mergers are for the best interest of the unit holders or is it just for the managers to earn the fees? So, yeah, a couple of good examples are Capital Mall Trust and Capital Land Commercial Trust when they merge, as well as the recent Maple Tree merger. Both the managers actually voluntarily waived off the acquisition fee. So we can see that they are not there just to earn the acquisition fee. But, I mean, the wave of the whole fee is not something that we would expect all the majors to have the deep pocket. Yeah, so. yeah. Because it's in the mm. interest of the investor in that sense. Yeah, it's definitely a good sign. Mm. But, I mean, we also don't want to take things for free in that sense. We want to commensurate these managers for the work that they have done. So, okay. probably a middle ground will be, you know, just like reimburse their costs, maybe with some markup as well. But, if the acquisition fee is quite big, they also don't want to be seen as doing this whole merger just for their personal interest. Right, right. Mm. So I think like generally, and the whole crux of your article here is about looking at the corporate governance because of the correlation between good governance leads to strong business performance. And that really is, as investors, how we should sort of customize and have our own risk assessment in, in that sense. Yeah, it's not only REITs. I guess in anything that you invest, mm-hmm. you have to understand what you invest. There's no running away from having a baseline understanding and yeah. doing some basic due diligence in what yeah. you invest in. Mm. Yeah, that's a very fair point. Lehman, we did bring up Eagle Hospitality Trust, one of the negative episodes in the REITs sort of sphere here in Singapore. 
Could you walk us through what happened there and just use this as a bit of a case study? Sure. So I think there's a lot of factors that came in play. Just to name a few, there's like sure. insufficient financial information on six out of the 18 properties. There were conflict of interest between various parties. Instead of having not enough information, they had too much information and people had not enough time to probably digest ah. the whole prospectus. Okay. So they didn't understand where the key risk areas. There was too much information. The whole structure that they set up was a bit complex and they were in various jurisdictions. Mm. They were also unfavorable arrangements in interested party transactions. And I think to top it off, they collapsed when COVID hit. So I guess it's Murphy's Law. Anything that can go wrong <laughs> will go wrong, you know. But what should have investors mm. done in that situation? You talked about too much information, too little time. I mean, that's definitely a red flag. What else would you have done if you were in that situation? Mm-hmm. So I guess when I invest and I'm trying to look at the information, I don't really know what they are trying to tell me in the yeah. prospectus. I don't know what is the risk they are going to take. Then I may not put my money in. But one free lunch all investors can get is diversification. Besides just putting all your money into Eagle Hospitality Trust because you think that they have high dividend yield. Besides stocks, also I diversify into other asset classes. I mean, interest rate is going up. Mm, Singapore saving bonds are also quite attractive now, the interest. So, yeah, I'll just diversify and make sure I do my homework before I invest in anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't go wrong there, but always do your homework. You're right on that. I guess, Lehman, to wrap up this conversation about governance and the importance of it when it comes to the S-REIT sector, what are some of the common mistakes and what final advice would you give to investors and potential investors? So I think particularly for REIT, don't only place your focus on dividend yield. I mean, look beyond that. Look at other factors, rental support, even leverage the good corporate governance. But on a broader perspective, Every time you invest, actually investors have to be prepared to lose money. Investment is all about risk and reward. If you want to gain the future capital gain, you also have to be prepared that things can go sour. Secondly is the investor education. You have to know what you are investing in, have a baseline understanding of all your investments. And lastly is to diversify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been speaking with Chong Lee Min, who is Advocacy Committee Member for CFA Society Singapore. I really appreciate your time this morning. Take care and have a great day ahead. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.